Bertuccio. Welcome to the Sarah and Patty podcast. Hello, it's producer Alan, and this is the Sarah and Patty podcast. In this edition, we say hello to our good friend Nathan Bracken, who's running in the local elections in the next couple of weeks. We cross to New York City and talk tech with Trevor Long and Extraordinary Lives Part 2 with Ray Martin. We talk to him about all the celebrities he's met over his time. And we're getting to the business end of our, um, of our former council because we'll have a new one soon, Central Coast Council. The North and the South combined, sep- September 9, the council election's on. So many people have put their hat into the ring. One of those being Nathan Bracken, former Australian Quick, and he ran for the federal election in 2013, now running for the entrance ward. There are five wards on the Central Coast to be voted for. He joins us this morning. Nathan, good morning. Good morning. How are we? Mate, not too bad. A tilt at politics, Nath. Yeah, again, again. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a sucker for punishment. Uh, <laughs> Season campaigner. Oh, the thing for me is I don't want to be somebody that sits back and complains about how things are going or what's happening or why things aren't moving forward. I'd rather be somebody that's, that's trying to be out there, trying to change things and and trying to move the Central Coast forward. Mate, what did you learn from the last election that you're taking into this one? Now, um, this is into the local one. Yeah, the, the big thing I learned is that people want to... They want to be heard, they want to have their say, and they want somebody who's going to stand up for, for the views of, of how they feel and not sort of dictate and tell them what to think or yeah. dictate and tell them how to make their decisions. And the thing is, even just in the... In the short time since nominating, I've had people come to me about their concerns and things they want to improve already, which is fantastic. And I'm happy to listen and hear all those things and try and move everywhere forward. Nate, what is the number one, like for the people of the constituents in your area that have come to you, what are their concerns? What's their number one concern? Oh, when you look, it's, it's, it's the usual things. It's, it's always about the roads, yeah. making sure the roads are good enough and... And we all know there is there is a large amount of issues over the Central Coast with, with a lot of the roads. Rates, making sure they're affordable. And if there is a change, in, and why the change? And then obviously you look at things, it is like going into into local facilities that go into, whether it's at a, at a local park, making sure the amenities are, are up to scratch, or a local sporting field, making sure the same thing, the amenities are up to scratch. That like I've seen some photos that I've been sent of some of the facilities, and... And they seriously need an overhaul. They're yeah. not they're not up to a safe standard where you'd send anybody in to go yeah. to the bathroom or to get changed to go and play sport. Yeah. Mate, are you looking forward to because this is sort of a new era now. It is. And the big thing for me is I don't want to hear the north v south anymore, which I know was, was a big thing and it's it's right through it was right through a lot of things on the coast. It is the central coast. And let's pull together and work together because I've had the opportunity with with things probably over the last 12 to 18 months to travel to a few regional areas of New South Wales and Victoria and and see where councils have come together and what they've done since coming together. And that's the thing here. We've got a magical place. It's amazing. And let's make it that way. Let's let's everybody work, I guess, the simple thing in in one direction. It's not that difficult a thing to do. Let's not have a competition over who gets what and why. Let's move here forward together. So many places we drive to. I go, kids, why would you want to live anywhere else? <laughs> I love it. That's, that's it. It's a, it's an amazing part. You can, and I know sitting in when I first sat in the meetings, it's one of the unique parts where you can be on the ocean, you can be on a lake, you can be living in small rural cities. Yeah. Then you can go out in the country, into the bush. Yeah. You've got farming. You've got everything yeah. that, 
you could possibly want. Yet still close to Sydney and still close to Newcastle. That's the beauty of it. That's a massive bonus because when you have a look, how many people commute south, how many people go north, and like I'm somebody that goes to Newcastle for work. It gives you that luxury where you're close, but you can live in this magical part of the world. Now, there are five wards. Three will be nominated or elected from each ward. Would you, Nathan Bracken, consider throwing your hat in the ring to be the first mayor of the newly formed Central Coast Council? It would be something I'd seriously consider, yeah. It would be. I'm very proud of where I live. Uh, I always have been. I've never I've never shied away from from being here and, and being in, in this part of the world and the big thing is to me it's I wanna move it forward and, and if I've got to if I've got to put my hand up and, and stand in that position and say, Yep, I'll do it, I'll be the face of it, I'll be I'll be the one that does that cops it for all the good and all the bad, then that's fine by me. Well mate, we wish you all the best on September nine and you never know we might be speaking to you after that date as newly elected member for the entrance ward. That would be fantastic. Nathan Bracken, this man is so cool. Mm. We've got him in his crib. He's got his grills on. Yeah. He's pumped his ride and all, or pimped his ride, pimped I should it, say. Pimped it or pumped it, whatever yeah, he's well, done. Yeah, whatever he's done, because he's in New York, yo. Oh, New York yeah. City. Hey, buddy. Yeah. How Trevor you going, Long. Trevor? Yeah, G'day, mate. This is how I roll. From 2257 to 1001. Wow, wow. 1001. Is that, oh, respect, brother. I've got that tattooed across my um, knuckles. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> hey, do you miss us? You must miss us over there. Uh, no. No, oh, he doesn't. Trevor. Wait, were you there? He was there for the solar eclipse. Were well, you there for the solar you eclipse? Do you know what? I was. The path of totality, Paddy, was actually in the centre of, 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 New, of uh, America. America. I didn't think it would be visible here, but walking the streets, there was people all over, like the, the street corners, the Park Avenue was packed with people looking up into the sky. Um, some of them, uh, like with. Um, well, they call them Cheerio boxes, so cereal boxes um, <laughs> held up with a hole in the bottom. I mean, they've got complete... That but is um, it was great. And you could see, you know, it was like a partial half minute. It didn't go blame way, way high for that. Yeah. But um, it, it, was, it looked pretty impressive. Wow. <laughs> Good stuff. Wow. Good stuff. And what's your favourite food right now over there? Speaking of street vendors, etc. what are you eating? I just can't eat from the street vendors. It just feels weird and awkward. Oh, and no, but people love it, though. I, I had a beautiful spaghetti meatballs at the diner and next door to my hotel last night. I had an outstanding hamburger today, and I plan to continue that diet. Uh, over the next three or four days. Now, you were in China the last time we spoke last week. What are you doing in uh, NYC? Yeah, what's happening there? Samsung uh, have an event called Unpacked, which is what they call every single press conference they have. Um, On Thursday morning, your time, about uh, 1am, which is where they will announce the next Samsung Galaxy Note. Now, this is a notable device, not just because it's got a big screen and a little pen that you can write on the screen with, and it's a very popular it's got a good fan base it's not their biggest seller but it's, it's quite a popular device this is the one that last year well shall we say mm. fire departments mm. were required sometimes yeah, it was a good yeah. barbecue starter it's an important follow-up device for samsung this this event closes the book on that uh, drama of last year because they've clearly gotten over it the this year's phone the galaxy s8 early in the year is a great phone no problems at all so they've clearly moved on from it but i think the attention will be on this phone for that reason this week would they be nervous do you think regarding just a nice idea to shut the book on it but oh they'll be thinking oh come on make this fly for goodness sake yeah do you know why i reckon they're nervous because there's idiots on youtube will buy this thing purely to make it explode 
And you know, anything can be made to explode. You can, if you put enough power into it, you put it in the, you know, intense heat or something like that. So there will be, mark my words, within two or three weeks of it being on sale, there will be idiots that have done something stupid to it that make people go, oh my god. But in the end, oh, I've got no doubt that this this device will be safe, safer than any any Note before it. So uh, yeah, the Samsung Galaxy Note eight likely to have a dual screen, and that you know these uh, these phones here this year have had these massive screens mm. on a. On the device, they're going to be. Um, it's going to be like that. Where there's, uh, it's all screen. You're holding screen in your hand, and nothing else. It's wow. all about uh, releasing phones, isn't it? Yeah. There's an. Uh, what's the iPhone thing? What's going on there? Is there a new one of those? Well, that'll be. Uh, uh, my my guess is second week of September will be the announcement of that device. And again, um, I think there's going to be three devices. I think they'll announce a iPhone 7s, 7s Plus, and they'll also then announce this third device, which will be premium, the iPhone Pro X or Edition. I don't know what it'll be called. But it'll be very expensive, in short demand, and will create queues around the block. And um, I actually got a dummy version of what people think it's going to be like sent to me from China, and uh, I put a, a video up on YouTube. It's, it, I mean, it looks radically different. Again, the whole front of this phone is screen, and uh, it's going to take a lot of getting used to, but uh, that should be available in October. I mean, just quickly, too, I saw Aldi the other day, and I think with 5Ss, they're selling a reconditioned 5Ss for a real cheap price. Yeah, there's a couple of these going around. So the um, the the 5s or the the iPhone SE is the is the smallest device. You can get those for about 600. Office Works and Telstra mm. have just announced the iPhone 6 is available in their stores now. Let's be very clear. That's a three year old phone, so mm. it's brand new out, out of the box from the factory. But they've kept making this device over those three years, and with, they're obviously trying to clear stock or something. But $469 at Officeworks, that's the cheapest iPhone ever in Australia, which is, wow. oh, I just reckon it's a great deal because the iPhone 6 is still a bloody good phone. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of parents listening, your kids want an iPhone, you don't have to spend a 1000 bucks. Wow. $469 at Officeworks online. And it's brand new, it's not refurbished. Nope, not refurbished. It's wow. brand new. Wow. I think they're just trying to clear the stock. Yeah. And for some, as you've mentioned, they love that phone better than the current one sometimes. So that's, that's, that's a really real... It's a great phone. I yeah. mean, look, people wouldn't notice the difference yeah well listen mate you enjoy new york uh, city go to central park for us listen i hired a bike today yeah. and rode around central park my knees will never recover but ah, it's pretty amazing wow <laughs> neither so lucky because you're eating yourself to bits later on in the evening with the <laughs> spaghetti spaghetti <laughs> <in> my life <laughs> anyway live from new york are you home next week where are you next week buddy I'll just be in a little, little town called Berlin. Oh, oh you're that's unbelievable. It. That's it. We're not talking to you anymore. Who would marry Trevor Long? <laughs> no one. <laughs> Thank you, Trevor. Speaking to you next week from Berlin. This is part two of Extraordinary Lives. Our first cab off the rank is Australian TV royalty, Ray Martin. First part was yesterday when we spoke to Ray about his early career on 60 Minutes. Then we've moved to midday and those special guests. Sarah and Patty's Extraordinary Lives. The thing was for us, watching on, yeah, okay, flick the switch to Broadway, you treated each guest with such respect and you were really genuinely interested in what was going on that the get, we couldn't take our eyes off it. I was here doing breakfast and I would, I would go home so I could see what was going on because you just had to see what was happening on midday. Like it yeah, was, it's it was, a wonderful cavalcade of, and we had Ken Duncan, the first time we met Ken yeah. Duncan, was in fact on midday, he came on with one of the, the books he had at the time and we became good friends after that. But it would be from Ken Duncan to the Prime 
minister to a lady who's lost three children with cancer to uh, Sting. Elton John. Elton John. Yeah, Tom Cruise. I still remember yeah. the interview with Tom. And, and yeah. They wouldn't come on together. She, he came on the first day. They were both in the, in the same movie and uh, they didn't combine and on television. And so he came on and said wonderful things about her and then she came on the next day and the phone kept ringing. Her phone kept ringing and they were all else upstairs in the studio and say, Tom's on the phone. He wants to correct what Nicole's just said. <laughs> this sort of running commentary what they were doing. And she, she met somebody in the audience that we had that day when she was on and uh, she was saying that she was, you know, she'd ridden harder and faster and more reckless than Tom had done and he denied all that. And then there was a lady in the front who's, who had a, a, a come along with her daughter who had some terminal illness who was about 12 or 13 and had come into the show for a, a bit of light relief for sure. the children. And uh, Tom heard the story and Tom got on the phone and said, uh, we must buy something. So he ended up, I think, giving like a $10,000 grant to the hospital. Wow. What they were doing then, so it was moved by that. So uh, that's uh, nice. And this is all happening before <coughs> your very eyes. It does. That's live television. Because yeah. these people come in and they can they think, well, I can just do what I like. It's, you know, I, can, yeah. I would like to give that, and they do. And, and you've just got to roll with that. How was that to, to feel like you just had to roll in a lot of ad-libbing and things that maybe you hadn't encountered yet? I hadn't encountered, never. It was just, uh, and there was no safety net. It was, you know, times that Tom Jones came on, um, you know, and, and forgot the words on one of the songs that he had done. We had Ben Campbell playing a guitar and he broke not one, not two, but three strings oh on a six-string guitar. And he said, what are we doing? We said, just keep strum going, on. Strum keep on. Keep going. Ray, out of all the guests that you've interviewed, is there one that you say, oh, jeez, I don't want to interview him ever again? Yeah, yeah, was there one that... Poly- oh, yeah, yeah. Any oh, yeah, Take yeah. Pick. <laughs> <laughs> Probably some Malcolm Turner, Malcolm Turner, Malcolm Fraser early on was, uh, was as boring as the proverbial yeah. uh, but generally um, people who are good someone like Tony Bennett the people who are great at what they do you must find the same thing yeah. are easy to interview yeah. it's usually the, the, the would be if they could be who are difficult who are up themselves yeah. um, they'll do it but there's, otherwise I mean people who are good are really usually good here too there's no substance behind it tell me then Paul Keating must have been a riot then to interview <laughs> yeah he was no, Keating in fact was um, he was probably because he's interesting mm. um, incredibly arrogant, but interesting. He was always good talent. When he had the first run against Bob Hawke and lost, and he was in the wilderness, I actually, um, he came on a couple of times talking about you know, French clocks or something like that, yeah. and uh, and I actually wrote him a letter and said, would you like to come on as a regular guest on the show? And because he was interesting, and he waited for about a couple of weeks, and he sent me a note back, and he said, um, you know, I've had the, the, the invitation alongside the, the bed, and he said, um, and I thought about it, he said, uh, but in politics, I guess in life, in politics, it's all about timing and he said I'm going to make another run and I need to, to be free in the timing so he didn't he didn't come but I'd love to have had him as a regular guest yeah, you know, sure. talking about anything not anything yeah. Yeah. but your show made so many stars of other people like James Wright uh, Jeff Harvey oh. and, and that was I used to love Those days of they, they were great weren't they but they Anthony, were. Anthony Warlow I mean people like yes. Anthony Warlow yeah. also made the first appearance um Gary Sweet uh, really first started doing stuff with us. Ernie Dingo, the first time he'd ever yeah, been on oh, television, was yeah. on the Midday Show. Yeah. Uh, Don Burke, um, extraordinary. And Mike Walsh had done this, you know, the same thing in his programs early on. He was the genius behind the whole concept. But if you get 90 minutes a day, five days a week, 40 weeks a year, yeah. um, it, you know, like radio, people yeah. come through and go, so yeah. you're going to find somebody good. Yeah. After the Midday Show was finished, did you go, oh, thank God, I've gone from an hour and a half TV to a half an hour with a current affair? Did you <laughs> 
Okay. Oh, oh. Hallelujah. I've cut it down. Well, the, the beauty of, of something like midday was that you could spend half an hour, even with the Prime Minister, yeah. and you wouldn't have to talk about policies you could talk about. Mm. I remember asking John Howard if he prayed, and um, I'd interviewed uh, Kim Beasley, and he'd, he'd gone to a, a gospel college when he was a young student. And I said, do you pray? And he said, yes, I do. No one had ever asked. And I said, do you get down on your knees? He said, yeah, every night. Now, wow. the idea of he was the potential Prime Minister and he's the leader. And I asked the next week, I had John Howard on, and I asked Howard the same question. He was a little embarrassed by the question. Mm-hmm. And he said, yes, I do, I pray. And I said, do you get on your knees? He said, oh, no, no. He went a bit red and said, no, no, I don't. He said, but I, I don't go that far, but I, I sort of pray every night. And now that's, you know, it's a side we don't hear about our politicians. Yeah. The luxury. Something like midday would do that because yeah. he actually had the time. He didn't have to go bang, bang, bang. Mm. And he had the time did, to talk. You didn't get them to do the Macarena. Oh, <laughs> that's right. oh hang on. <laughs> I, I can say I'm embarrassed enough to tell Ray, I asked Mr. Howard if he picked up his own dog poo. That went on the wires. And did he? Yeah, and he said, yeah. He did. Did He's a straight up guy. Yeah. But that's the thing. I mean, it's lovely to find that out. And you gave us the chance to see into those people that we never had a chance. We didn't have Twitter. We didn't have Facebook. What we wanted was someone who could bring that out, those stories out. And you just managed to do it every time. Well, thank you for that. I, I, something happened the other day. Ricky Nelson was in a conversation I heard on radio. And I was going to ring up about that but I, I just started taking doing the midday show and when I was a kid at school the Nelsons were a, was a hero he was a, such a good looking young yeah. college student and I was about 15 or 16 and sort of looked up to him and then suddenly I'm doing midday and Ricky Nelson and the band had come in and they're playing on the show and the executive producer at the time said to me you know he's a dud chap he can't talk don't talk and I said I want to talk to Ricky Nelson no no so I went across to the rehearsals and he was terrific in rehearsals mm-hmm. he was I was talking about you know his earlier stuff and where he'd begun and, and Ozzy and, and Harry at the, the, the Nelson's program and um, and I thought he was terrific so I said to the executive producer no, you're wrong next time he comes out I want to talk to him two weeks later he died and, and oh, and wow. crash. Oh, we missed that one and they said the same about Joe Cocker they said you know no, Joe Cocker is a dud chat he was a fantastic chat mm. and he suddenly started telling stories about travelling with the Beatles when the wow. early days and coming out of Sheffield and you know the, the lead act before the Beatles and you know afterwards with the Beatles and so on and so on and I thought I couldn't get enough of it and so it's it? just a matter of whether you, if you listen I think yeah, Extraordinary Lives with Ray Martin. Part three tomorrow. Will you look at the current situation with Ray? What's he up to? He can't wait to hear that. You've been listening to the Sarah and Patty podcast. Catch them live. Weekdays from 5 on 107.7 2GO.